So welcome back to the Forgiving Challenge. This is a 40-day life-changing journey to freedom. Now, if you've been reading the book, and if you don't yet have one, you can still get one. They're in the entryway, the Forgiving Challenge. And if you were here last week and listened to Pastor James' sermon, we talked a little bit about sin. We have this, this idea that we have missed the mark. So turn to the person next to you and say, you have missed the mark. Go ahead and do that. All right, you have missed the mark. All right, that felt pretty good to tell somebody else they've missed the mark. Now you're going to admit the same to them. I also have missed the mark. Go do that. I also have missed the mark. So let's just admit it right now. We're all sinners. Yes, we are. Question is, what do you do after the sin? And I would suggest that there are a number of options. So you have sinned, we all sinned, you can deny it, you can pretend it never happened, not me, wasn't me, must have been somebody else, or you can blame others, which is one of my favorites, all right, Greg, it's all your fault, okay, just admit it, right, it was you, I blame my brothers all the time, I blame my parents, which was really convenient, they're both dead, they can't defend themselves, right, that'd be fun, right, just blame someone who isn't here. From the very beginning, Adam blamed Eve. Eve blamed the devil. We all blame God. So you could do that, or you could try to cover it up, smooth it over, make sure no one sees the consequences. But as Mr. Hippenbecker pointed out, whenever we do any of those options, we have this heaviness in our heart. Guilt, because we know we have sinned. And so we are in bondage to our guilt, and the guilt then becomes shame, and the shame becomes a wound, and it festers, and we're in shackles. So if you want to be free, truly free, there's only one method, one option, and that's the last one. You can bring it to Jesus right? Bring it to the cross. Bring it to the one who has power to restore you. So, so far we've talked about sin in this series. We have the acronym of SCARS, sin, and now confession. So, we need to define what the word means. There's there's a sentence there in your notes about what confession actually is. It's a formal statement admitting that one is guilty of a crime or of a sin. Now, I have no issues at all with formal confession, and we did that, right? We did that just a few minutes ago. We do that every, every Sunday. But what I want you to see today is that it doesn't need to be formal. It doesn't matter what the words are necessarily, but rather that you come to Jesus, that you come to the Lord for forgiveness. And so we have this verse, 1 John, it was read earlier, if you'll put that up on the screen. We're going to say this one together, we've said it many times in our services, so we can do it again all together, join me. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins 
and purify us from all unrighteousness. So, at the very beginning, we said we are all sinners. And if you didn't say that, then you lied, which just proves that you're a sinner, right? We're all guilty. John's reminding us that every single day we all commit sin. But confession is not meant to make you feel worse, truly. It is meant to relieve that burden from your soul so that you will feel free because of what Christ has done. So that's what we're going to do this morning. And we're going to look at one of the most famous chapters in the Bible. It is called chapter 89. Have you heard of chapter 89? Uh, No, because, well, it's really John 21. It's called 89 because there are 89 chapters in the four Gospels. It's the very last one. Now, before we get to 89, we have to back up and find Peter. Peter's a subject of our confession here again this morning, but let's back up to see what he is confessing. Do you remember that when Jesus was going to be crucified, he had this trial? And before that, all the disciples were together, and Jesus had predicted what was going to happen. And Peter said, I don't care if all of the rest of them uh, leave you, I will never run away. They'll, they could be cowards. I'll be there at your side. I will even go to death. Now, how'd he do on that one? Not so well, because there he was there in front of that charcoal fire, and and someone sees him, and they say, hey, hey, you, you're one of them. No, no, not me, not me. Well, sure you are. Your your dialect, your Galilean accent gives you away. No, I don't even know the man. And then he swears that he doesn't know him. Now, let's fast forward once again. And we have these words after that third denial. The Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word that the Lord had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. Was Peter sorry? He wept bitterly. He had denied his Savior, his friend, his Lord. He had promised he would always be there, even to the point of death, and now he doesn't even go to the crucifixion because he is such a coward. And now, as we get back to our story, we see that that Jesus appears for the third time to the disciples. He's already appeared to the disciples in the upper room and then to Thomas, and now for the third time. And so you remember, they were out in a boat and they were fishing. Now let me ask you a question. What, what do you do when you don't know what to do? Peter didn't know what to do. Jesus was dead, and they had risen, and they had seen him twice, and he still didn't know what to do. So when I don't know what to do, I just go out and play golf, but Peter goes fishing. 
and he takes six of his closest friends, the other disciples, and they are out there and they've fished all night and they've caught absolutely nothing. Does this remind you of another story? No, not my last fishing trip. It's Peter, right? The very first time that Peter met Jesus, he was out in the boat and they were fishing all night and they had caught nothing. And then there was a man on the shore and he said, just put your net on the other side. And they said, well, what are you talking about? We're professional fishermen. We know what to do. You're crazy, but okay, we'll do it. And what did they do? They caught so many fish that between the net in the two boats, they began to sink. And now, again, there is this dude on the, floor, on the shore, and he says, just put your net over there, and they do, and they catch all of these fish, and then it dawns on them. It's the Lord. We've seen this before. We've seen this miracle before. And what does Peter do? He dives into the water, and he swims to the shore, and there is Jesus with another charcoal fire. I'm sure as, as Jesus called him and said, come have breakfast, he remembered the denial. Now, in, in ancient culture, and still we do this today, if you like somebody and you want to get to know them better, you want to be friends with them, what do you do? You invite them to dinner. And if you really like them, you invite them to breakfast. And if you've done something wrong, you buy them breakfast. And that's exactly what is happening. And then we have these words. Now, as we look at these, I want you to find, go ahead and put up uh, John 21, 15 to 17. I want you to, to show me, and you can even shout it out. <clears throat> we don't have a whole lot of people here this morning. You can shout it out when you hear the words, I am sorry, okay? I'm going to read the words. When you hear the words, I am sorry, shout it out, say, that is it. Can you do that? Got the instructions? So when they had finished eating, they finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. So what's the matter with you guys? Nobody shouted it out? What, are you embarrassed? You didn't see it? Where is it? Was Peter sorry? Yes, he is sorry. He is hurt. He had wept bitterly, I'm sure, every single day since that night. He remembers, this is what I said, and then the rooster crowed. I denied my Lord. I didn't even go to the crucifixion. And now again, here at the fire, Jesus says, how many times? Three. One for each denial. He forgives him. Here's the deal. You don't need to say the right words. What do you tell your children when they hurt their brother or sister? Go and tell them what I'm sorry. Johnny, go tell your sister you're sorry. 
When I was growing up, my dad made me do that all the time because my brothers and I got in fights every single day. And he would put us together, and he would say, now, I want you to say, I'm sorry. And we would say, I'm sorry. And then hug each other, and we would hug each other. Do you think we were really sorry? No, we weren't. We wanted to go play. It's not the word. God knows our heart. He knew Peter's heart. He sees the scars. He sees the wounds. He sees your faith. And he wants to remove it. We had our formal confession. Well, we're going to do it again. Those cards that are on the chairs, if there isn't one on your chair, there's plenty around the sanctuary, find one. I'm going to give you instructions, and listen carefully. This is what you're going to do. Parents decide if you want your children to participate. They don't have to, because some of this is going to be really scary. You are going to mark on that card an answer to each question, and there are 12 of them. A Y for yes or an N for no. And you're going to do it honestly. Some of these you haven't thought about for a long time, maybe ever. There are some questions on there that you may have never admitted to anyone. So parents decide if you want your children to participate. If not, they can use the busy bags, they can draw on the back of the card. But for you adults, I want you to be honest. These will remain anonymous. So this is just like when I used to teach high school biology. Cover your paper so no one else sees. Then we're going to flash those 12 questions up on the screen. Take a couple of minutes, look at each one, a Y for yes, and an N for no. I'll get my card as well. Okay, now fold your cards, fold it once so that no one can see. Remember, completely anonymous. Ushers are going to collect the cards. You can just hand it to them or pass it down the row. Remember, no one can see it. And what the ushers are going to do is they're going to shuffle these up so they're in a different order. And then they're going to go to a different section of the sanctuary and they're going to redistribute these. So no one's going to know what you put, but you are going to now receive a card. And it will be someone else's confession. Now, as the ushers are redistributing these, I want to go even deeper than the list of sins that we put uh, on the card. 
Because even if you have passed the test of 12, if you believe that you are purer than pure, this is only a beginning. Because there are some sins that are even, I think, more damning than these. And those are the sins of omission. So often, we think that they are only suggestions from God. For example, the Bible says that we are to take care of the widows and orphans. So have you taken care of the widows and orphans today? The Bible says that we are to defend the fatherless. Have we defended the fatherless today? Have you looked out for the homeless? Or how about this one, the third commandment, which says that we are to remember the Sabbath day. It isn't just a suggestion. It isn't meant just for this month or just this year, but every Sabbath. The Bible says that we are to be obedient to every command of God. By now, I hope that the ushers have redistributed these. If not, go ahead and do that. Does anybody feel a little piled on about right now? Are you thinking this is impossible? Well, that's the point. It is. It's absolutely impossible. You will fail. Just like Peter, you will fail. Just like me, you will fail. But before and in the middle and after our failures, we have this opportunity to bring all of our junk to Jesus. And that is what this card is. It is someone else's junk. And you are going to now represent them in just a moment. As we are handing these out, I want you to ask yourself a question. Who is it that Jesus did not die for on the cross? What sins didn't he cover? What type of people doesn't he love? Who? Liars? Hypocrites? Self-righteous people? How about the really bad folks, the pedophiles and the rapists and the murderers? Prideful people? Addicts? Adulterers? Who? My friends, we all have struggles. We all have pains. We all have wounds. We all sin. And when Jesus died on the cross, he died for every sin of every man and every woman and every child, period. Every sin, every person. So right now, you should have someone else's card. If you don't have a card, raise your hand. Ushers, find them a card. You can still participate. So this is what we're going to do. So listen carefully. I'm going to read each of the statements. Remember, you have someone else's card. This is anonymous. You are representing someone else. When I read that statement, and there is a why, then stand. And remain standing. So if you hear any of the statements where there is a why, then you're going to stand and you're going to remain standing, all right? So number one, have you ever lusted after something or someone that wasn't yours? 
Number two, and remain standing if you're up now. Do you have anything in your life that you regret? Number three, do you have anything in your life that you are constantly ashamed of? Number four, have you ever cut yourself or intentionally harmed yourself? Number five, have you ever physically, verbally, or sexually abused someone else? Number six, have you ever abused drugs or alcohol? Number seven, have you ever thought about or attempted suicide? Number eight, have you ever had a sexual relationship outside of marriage? Number nine, do you have any secrets that you've never shared with anyone? Number 10, are you doing anything wrong that you can't quit? Number 11, have you purposely and willingly viewed pornography? And number 12, have you ever lied to someone in your effort to hide your actions? Have you defended the fatherless? Have you made any disciples in the last week? Have you been obedient to every command? Look around you. Go ahead. Look around the room. Are you alone? No, you're not. If you thought that you weren't welcome here in this church because you were a sinner, look around. We are all in this together. If you thought there was no hope for your sin, look around. There is. There's freedom. And there's forgiveness in the cross of Jesus Christ. Now, if you thought that this was a church filled with perfect people, look around. We are not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. But come hell or high water, we will always go to the cross, to the one who is perfect, who stood in our stead and died in our place so that our sins are covered with his blood. And if you want to find the perfect church, go ahead and go out the doors just right now. And you go look. And when you think you've found it, Know that as soon as you enter those doors, it is not going to be perfect anymore, right? Here's the real truth about confession. God doesn't care how you come to him or what you say. You don't have to have the perfect words. You don't have to have that formula. All he cares about, because he knows your heart, is that you come to him. As Jesus once says, come unto me, all of you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I will give you freedom. I will give you forgiveness. And that is exactly what we have. And just to make it more real and tangible, what I want you to do at the end of the service is take that card, fold it up again, we have a bin there in the entryway that says forgiven. To remind yourself, this thing is full of cards of all the people who have worshipped today. And you're going to add these cards to the collection to know that all of these people and all of these sins are forgiven. So what? You're a mess, so am I. <laughs> you're broken, so am I. 
but the Lord can put us back together. And he can heal our wounds. He can take you when you have nothing to say. He knows your heart. He loves you. And he forgives you. So now, just as we have come to the Lord in confessing our sins, let's also go to him now as we worship him with our words, and then later this week with our actions.
You are the children of God. He loves you so much that he sent his only son, Jesus, to die in your place. We will sin. We will continue to sin. And yet God will forgive you every single time. And so hear these words. God forgives you because of what Christ has done. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's make our confession once again through the words of the Apostles' Creed, if you'll join me.